This is Unedited Portland, here live in Portland, with my friend, promoter, maybe a manager. Big Guan Tings. Indeed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's him. Uh, What's up? Lee Feldman. That is I. Lee Feldman 3 <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. You can hit him up. Uh, he's a big David Banner fan. I am a big David Banner fan. That's true. <laughs> and Ooh, you've already done your research. <laughs> I know, right? I pay attention. I'm listening. So that was some Anthony B to get us started. So, uh, Mr. Lee Feldman. Yes, hello. How you been? I'm good. How about yourself, sir? I'm good, man. I feel like I uh, have a full tummy of some sushi. Yes. Delicious. And uh, Portland's favorite, I'm sure. Sushi land. Yes. That was good. Um, so we're here. This is edition one, episode one. Of, uh, I'm one one. You're one Whoa. one of 2012. Oh, oh, 2012. I'm on, very honored. Uh, Thank you. On May 7th of 2012. <laughs> nice. Uh, it's a beautiful day, and this uh, is a one because you you start your podcast after tax day, right? Exactly. So after tax day, 4:15 becomes the first one. Yeah, so that's the fis- May. It's the fiscal year. Yes, fiscal year. <laughs> yeah, your first of the fiscal year. It's true. Annually, you're probably like 12. But, okay, word. But, but no. Um, no, this is uh, this is the first episode. So uh, we we have booked a few other people. Um, got short change coming up on the queue. We got nice. Delaney in Paris. Nice. Um, maybe one day Elvis. Whoa. Yeah, the one and only. So uh, we're working on it here. And so the reason you're on today. Wait, you should tell people who these Portland personalities are because that's a wide variety of, of folks that you have. Right. Well, uh, first of all, this is your episode. So oh, okay. We can well, let's just talk about me. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> that's the truth. But um, we can take a time. Delaney and Paris is a duo that plays at Dante's and Star Theater and Tiger Bar, amongst others, as a sometimes burlesque show. Titties. <laughs> beautiful, <laughs> two beautiful women. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if there are titties. I know a burlesque show. Would, uh, titties. Yeah. That sounds, Sorry. That sounds about right. And, and, uh, and, and short change. And short change. Also titties. <laughs> exactly. I've no, never respect to short change. Yeah, no, he's big time. He's big time. Yeah. I've, I haven't gone to a show with short change without seeing titties. Yeah. So I feel like that is probably true. His there, that's here. the best promo quote you could get <laughs> for know. DJ Flyer. Short change. There'll be titties. And then Elvis, he is a Portland standard. Oh, man. And once again, titties. I mean, <laughs> honestly. Wow. People that don't know Elvis are just going to Yeah. About well, that. he, right. I mean, some people might think of him as homeless or all these other things. Uh, he does have a home. But you think of him as titties. I, I Well, I think of titties when I think of, of co- him. Uh, sorry. My, of course. Of course. Because of all of his fans. I mean, Elvis is a big deal. Indeed. I don't know if you know this, but he's king of the rock. And he has a church. He has, is that still running? Is that that It weird? is. It's on uh, 4th and Cooch downtown. Nice. You can it, still put quarters in and see the little Barbie figures turn and lights blink and all that. And, Portland and you, people that haven't seen this are going to be very confused. But. And you buzz right by the fact that it's Cooch because, yes. you know, other people around the world would think it's 4th and Couch. Yes. But they'd be retarded. That is true. Yeah, it's Cooch. So, but anyway, enough about them. I yes, actually, back I, to me. I brought you on. I appreciate that, though. You're setting up my other shows, man. Absolutely. We're, we'll work that into the drop. We should also give a plug to McTarnahan's for the uh, lovely beer, I, Spring I, Slingshot Extra Pale Ale. Portland Brewing Company. Yes. Yeah, it's it's delicious. I like it. Um, they got bought out by a Seattle company, but we don't have to bring uh, that up. Uh, you know, it's not it's not a big deal. It's well, still, enough about them, then. It's still local. It's still <laughs> local. But, um, yeah, so first of all, I want to kind of get an idea of... of what you're doing, so why people will hear why you're on this podcast, which is, uh, I know you as a promoter. Yes. Uh, a Twitterist. I, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, maybe some form of marketing. And I want to say maybe manager, 
but I don't know if you take that title or uh, role. No, no, I definitely do not. But not, not manager. But, but you at shows sometimes are the one. Provi- I manage to say a lot of obnoxious things, so <laughs> I mean that could be manager. We can we can all manage to do that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Uh, if someone needed beer, for instance, one of your acts, <laughs> I feel like you managed to provide them that. And I do manage to provide them that, yes. There's some roles that you play, I think, as a promoter that might go a little further than uh, a lot of promoters would do, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but um, beyond that, there's Lee Feldman, the man, right? Uh, this, this guy. Opposed to Lee Feldman, the woman, yes. Lee Fe- <laughs> exactly. I follow her on Twitter all the time. I mean, he, she spells hilarious. her name like a girl, so. Yeah. You know. she, well, it is Lee. So. Yes. L e i g h. I blame my parents for that one. Yeah, it's all right. It's uh, there. Do you ever tell people that it's not a middle name? Because that's notoriously the middle name that people. No, have. no. It's it's the first name. It's it's all of that. Um, but they hear Lee. Do they think well Lee Lee before like after what you know Paul Lee? Oh yeah you know, yeah. Jim Lee. I got used to get a lot of a lot of Leland. Leland. Yeah, people would be like, oh Lee, short for Leland. <laughs> well, if you opened up an amusement park, what would you call it? Leland. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> That's a winner. Yeah. Um, but okay, but you're here, Portland, by way of. Uh, by way of Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, um, Colorado, Atlanta, Georgia would be the two two main ones. Wow, wow. Okay, so originally starting out in Atlanta. Yeah, born in Atlanta. Um, family then moved to Colorado, and then came to Portland. Was there a culture shock in that Im- initial move? No, Portland and Boulder are pretty similar. Uh, it's I a meant, lot of white people in SUVs. <laughs> I meant uh, Bo- Boulder to Atlanta. Oh no no! I had gone Atlanta to Boulder. Yeah, so. was that was that a culture? No, shock? no, no. I was. I think I was too young at the time to really comprehend. Okay. But when I go back to Atlanta now to visit family, friends, and you know, extended cousins and whatnot, people that have now married into the family, uh, it's culture shock because they're just all obnoxiously wealthy, right? And they all wear pastel. Okay. It's just terrible. And pastel is never good on no, any day. Never. Not even on Easter. Not even on Easter. And that's the pastel holiday. And I'm Jewish, so I can say that <laughs> people look obnoxious in pastel on Easter. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Those, are, those are interesting things. So, And then Boulder. The uh, only man that can pull off pastel is Steve Harvey. It, and that is true. And sells them. I hear he's got like a uh, like a men's warehouse of, of comics. I would not be surprised. Yeah, in L.A., uh-huh. people talk about him having like designer uh, suit shops. Wouldn't be surprised. That's why he's always got a fly suit on. <laughs> Um, I'm surprised he doesn't leave the tags on him, you know, to have his name hanging out. Popping there. tags, son. Popping Pop, tags. Popping tags. I don't know if people still use that phrase, but I, I, they all use it. It's a Paul Harvey single, I believe. Is it? putting uh-huh. it out. Popping tags. <laughs> um, so then you're in the college town of Boulder. Yes, yes. Ski town? Uh, yeah, definitely a ski town. Um, we would go up to what was a, I guess you could call a suburb called Dillon. Okay. Um, you know, because you got Aspen, you got all those great ski places, Dylan, Breckenridge. You got Golden. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. With Steamboat uh, Springs. You know, there's places somewhat close, a little bit farther away, but we would go to a small town called Dillon. Um, we had family friends that had, you know, a little house up there. Cabin. So we'd go, yeah, a little cabin in the woods. I like that. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. man. Do they do? No spoiler alerts. No. Nothing bad would happen. Um, I, probably, I probably tried to touch girls up there inappropriately a few times, but... <laughs> That happens no. at a lot of cabins. I know. They don't even have to be in the woods, technically. That's you know, true. You have a cabin in the city, I'd probably... Anyway. Yeah, like a living room. <laughs> exactly. That's what I call my living room, actually. Yeah. It's my cabin. Yep. Um, but this is also my office, and not to be confused with my kitchen. <laughs> so, um, and people that aren't here wouldn't know what that means, but it's definitely a small apartment. Okay. Um, but moving on. So, you're in this college town. Uh, how? What What age did you leave Boulder, or how long were you in Boulder? Uh, I was there. We left. I was 12, I believe. 11 or 12. Okay, so you weren't at the drinking age. You didn't see it as the party town. That no, it. but my father was a professor at CU Boulder. Okay. And my father and mother would go on 
business trips to like conferences and whatnot. And I don't know why, but my father would have graduate students babysit us and watch us at the house. So some of the first partying I was ever exposed to was from CU students partying at our house. Right. And, you know, telling me to just go upstairs and, you know, leave them alone. But I would, of course, wander down and, you know, college kids, how they are, would be like, oh, shit, look at the little baby. You know, <laughs> keep in mind, I was 11. Right. I wasn't a baby. But they'd be like, oh, look at the little kid hanging out. So I'd, like, get up on the kitchen island and dance to, like, Michael Jackson's Thriller album. and Which was a know, great album. Fantastic album. <laughs> and, and you know, entertain the college kids. So That's, that's I've awesome. Been, I've been doing that for the, for the rest of my life, entertaining the college kids. Here, <laughs> here I am, you know, 20 years later from that point, thirty over 30 years old, still entertaining college kids. Carries through. Yeah. So so that was the effect that uh, Boulder had on you at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So And now you moved from there to Portland. To Portland, Oregon. As okay, so you went to school out here and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Where'd you Where'd you go? I went to uh, Jackson Middle School. I don't and know. Then I went to Jackson. It's in Southwest. Okay. What's the? I think it's still open. I don't know. Actually, it yeah. might not be. They're closing those. I know that like yeah, right. redistrict redistricting and budget cuts and whatnot. But um, Jackson I think had been a high school in the seventies, and then it got changed to a middle school. Um, you have a lot of Jackson because you were dancing to Michael Jackson. Yeah, then you go a, to Jackson. Just a Jackson theme running through my it, life. It's true, man. Um, yeah, it's a uh, Capitol Highway right near the large fantasy adult video. Well, that's good. There. I um, mean, if if you're a kid, you need to keep your imagination. Absolutely. AKA your fantasy. Oddly, I actually um, went there one time when I was back in Portland from college to buy a gift for a friend for her bridal shower, um, and I ran into my my old and my sister's my sister's old typing teacher. Wow. From middle school. In, who, in the actual In the fantasy store? adult video. And he asked me how my sister was doing. Wow. Creepy. Wow. And then when he's holding the schoolgirls 12 DVD under yeah, his arm, you're like, like, I'm... I don't. I was like, if you haven't watched one through eleven, you're totally gonna miss the plot. <laughs> it's, so, it's true. You know, don't it's just true. jump to twelve. Well, that one was directed by Quentin Tarantino, so it was has it? a lot of oh, twists yeah. and Samuel Jackson yelling Probably. in it. Probably, it's true. Um, but no, yeah, Jackson Middle School and then Pacific Crest Community School, and then I left there to go to school in Israel for a little bit. Wow. And came back and wanted a like no, a real no culture shock there though. No, Israel was fantastic. I mean, you know, obviously a totally different world, but coming back from Israel to Portland was a little strange. Um, okay, and just, that, what, you know, what era in time was the the time in Israel? Is this that? was 95, 96? 95, 96. So yeah, pretty so, long ago actually. Well, um, yeah, didn't mean to bring that up, but no, um, ninety five, ninety six, uh, peace accord and whatnot <laughs> is going on. <laughs> yes, that's that's correct. That was uh, it was a safe time though. Yeah. Um, there were there were actually some nightclub bombings when I was there, which um, you know, made things a little uneasy, but. All in all, I feel much safer in Israel than I do in Portland, is even it? with how safe Portland is. Right. And then there's a weird perspective there, you know, when you think that we go to a club and there's arguments certain clubs might have a shooting or, like, yeah. certain things get, like... No one's just blowing themselves. No one's blowing them up, blowing them club. So yeah. to think that uh, people, different places around the world, have to live with that as a constant is... Yeah, fun. yeah, going into the mall and, like, having your bag checked and going through metal detectors, you know. I remember coming back to Portland and going into Washington Square... And like not having to go through security and being like, what? I could, I could blow everyone up here right now. You know, it was just a weird thing. <laughs> Which but, is a weird thought. But, but I would, still felt safer in Israel 
You wouldn't want to do that though, because Cinnabon yeah. is awesome, and no one wants to. Blow and I Cinnabon. do love me some Orange Julius. Hell yeah, man! Yeah, but no, I've, I still felt safer in Israel. I mean, you know, it's it's a weird thing to see people with guns on every corner, but because of that, I, I did feel safer, safer so. and secured. That's yeah, but then I came back and I graduated from Wilson High School. Okay, um, that I actually one. I know that. Near, graduated uh, a little early. Uh, there's a, a McMinimins over there. There is, yeah. Hills, yeah. Hillsdale Brewpub. Hillsdale, yep. There you go. So, yeah, yeah, went there and then went to school uh, in New York. That's what I relate people's education in Portland to. Which, is, is to which, which restaurants. Which McMinimins <laughs> you're closest McMinimins? to. <laughs> yeah, that's actually not that bad. Uh, there <laughs> oh, are a lot. You went to Grant? Oh, that's uh, Kennedy School, yeah. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but that's cool. So, Wilson yeah. High School, and uh, that's probably circa 2000, 1990. Yeah, 99. And then um, went to school in New York, and then... Uh, was abroad for a while working and then the way I ended up back in Portland is kind of odd because I was abroad and um, I was working in China and I came back for a job in New Orleans um, to work at Tulane as a program director and I moved to New Orleans and uh, four days later Hurricane Katrina and so I lost a ton of stuff and was kind of bouncing around waiting to hear if I still had a job or any of my stuff in New Orleans and I just ended up back in Portland wow. um, via Austin, Texas Miami, New York City, got a job in New York that was opening a Portland office, ended up back here. My family was here, worked out well, and I've been back, um, except for some brief stints back abroad, pretty much since then. Wow. So it's been great. So that little hop and skip that you had there, um, you're on the East Coast. What uh, what led you to this promotion thing? Were you doing this type of work over there? Yeah, so I, I've been doing promo work for a long time, been throwing parties since, you know, high school. Um would go down to friends' parties in Eugene, would talk to bands and DJs down there. They would say, oh, you know, bring me up to Portland. And I remember, you know, being 15 and being like, yeah, how do I do that? And they were like, well, we'll stay at your house. Just bring us up and, you know, we'll bring all our equipment. We'll just plug in and, you know, we'll just ask people to donate money at the door and we'll just play and let's see how we do. And I, I did the first show. And I remember after paying, giving the band all the money from the door and paying back, people to collect money and cups and, you know, all the things that I bought at the cash and carry, I got $180. Wow. And I was, you know, 15. Right. You know, I was still getting rides with friends that were older because I didn't have a license and I was carrying $180 feeling like a boss. <laughs> right. I was about to make it rain. That's a, that's a solid investment, man, to yeah. party, party for cash. So that's that's kind of the... That's, uh, that's the beginning. The inauguration of all this. That's where my, you know, holding the dollars in my hand, my juice senses started tingling and I started saying, Thinking. with great power comes great responsibility and <laughs> You I actually had that thought. This. No, I didn't. Was but it, basically was it, I was like... Was it Morgan Freeman <laughs> narrating over... Morgan Freeman's voice kicked great? in. Bro, no, yeah. but uh, I, I started thinking, wow, this is a great way to bring up bands of friends and you know friends in other cities and we just sort of built this network of friends in eugene um and through like various youth organizations we had good communication with people so we were able to bring people from eugene to portland portland to seattle seattle to tacoma tacoma up to vancouver bc and we had this whole network of uh monthly events going on all the way from vancouver bc as far out to yakima and as far down to eugene wow and then eventually to arcada and hope um down Northern California, Oregon border. So is that is that uh, network still in effect now? Uh, a little bit. I mean, a lot of those people have moved on to real careers. Right. I myself have not, and uh, <laughs> I still enjoy you know Throwing rocking them. in the free world. That's good. That's good. So um, outside of the promotions deal, um, what what in the industry or outside of the industry are you looking to do? Um, do you want a studio one day? Do you want a venue one no, day? No, no, no. I used to dream about owning a venue, but after seeing so many venues 
come and go and talking to venue owners and the frustrations and insurance. I just don't think that's for me. But, um, I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I have a job for a, a local PR marketing firm, and I get to work on some really nice national and international accounts. So I think I'll probably continue that way of sort of the mass communications, emerging media. Okay. Sort of and then on top, on top of that, I've noticed uh, you were doing a talk up at Concordia. Yeah, yeah. And that was to do with uh, e-commerce or e- uh, digi- Like digital community building. Okay. But yeah, e- e-commerce. It's the idea of, you know, building a community and then converting that community into consumers. Okay. And, um, and that's interesting to me. I, uh, I do work as a political scientist uh, with some community organizations. Nice. And um, what we're trying to do in, in my mind, at least one of my theories is uh, community building. Yeah. And um, there's a sense of incentive and prosperity that's tied to that. Absolutely. That if people don't feel like they are going to gain something, and sometimes that's money. That's what people you know think of when they think of gains. But other times it can be um, opportunities. Yeah, there's always a non-financial impact that you can factor in. It right. doesn't always have to be just financial. Right. But that's, uh, but that's interesting that you say that because that's, that is part of um, kind of where I'm going. And that's yes. kind of what this podcast is about is about, uh, creating communities, building communities, and then um, tying them together in ways so that the people that are in those communities realize that there are other people out there. Nice. Yeah. So that's yeah. That's, that's awesome. a little, little feel good moment for everybody. <laughs> um, Sponsored by McTarnahan's Spring Slingshot Extra Pale Ale, McTarnahan's Brewing Company, Portland, Oregon. It's great. Yeah. All rights reserved. Warning. Government. No. <laughs> Don't have to say all that. But um, okay, so that's the promotion side. That's the uh, the man behind the Lee Feldman. Um, Wait, there's a man behind me. I should hey. probably say pause on that one, but okay. <laughs> but uh, behind the behind the name, I'm sorry. Uh, like, cause, uh, <laughs> the man behind the man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all, it's, well, you use the uh, you had the official title of your own name being being your um, your moniker. You know, your Lee Feldman. Everyone knows you as Lee. You know, are you, you uh, have the life as a party. Oh, I was like, it knows me as Lee opposed to. Yeah, yeah, we have the life as a party. I don't really have a street name if, if what you're going at. Yeah, or. I wanted to go by Young Donut, but. Uh, <laughs> young just Donut. Turned we, out to have already been taken. You could be Young Voodoo Donut. What about Skinny Dollar? I thought that was an ill street name. Jay Z shouts out a dude named Skinny Dollar <laughs> on one of his tracks, and I was always like, man, I want to be called Skinny Dollar. Like, uh, but it's too late, man. Yeah. So or Joe Peso. I always like that one. Another Jay Z shout out. Another Jay Z shout out. Yeah. We should just, I mean, we could do a whole show where we just talk about things Jay Z said. I am absolutely into that. Invite <laughs> me back and let's set it up. We'll just call it Hove Day. <laughs> um, but uh, outside of what I'm saying is so the, uh, your name, the Twitter, um, that's how you're getting the information out there. How uh, has that been for you? Like, how do you think that has prosperitatis? Yeah, like what is that's what me is making up a word? Yeah, um, between no, it's the been good. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's you know, with the digital age and you know, emerging new media, you really are a brand, possibly representing a brand, and I think people need to figure out sort of the information that they release that is associated with building your own brand. Um, you know, the nice thing about all these. These platforms um, are—they're free. Digital platforms are free. You know, all these community-building social platforms—you can—you can sign up for them. But I think a lot of what we were talking about before about the community building and the networking and sort of creating an incentive or exclusivity for people to want to follow you and pay attention to what you're doing—is—is is dependent upon what you're actually sending out. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, when they say this is my breakfast and send out a photo, they're not really building something that that makes me want to continue to follow them and to check what they're doing. Unless the breakfast looks really good. Yeah, absolutely. But they may say, this is my breakfast, this is my lunch, this is my dinner, right. and then they might have some sort of message that says, hey, 
come to this free thing, blah, 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 blah. But it's missed because that, that message is lost in all of the other nonsense and fluff. So Right. Okay. I try very hard to only really send out stuff that I think is, is pertinent to the brand that I'm trying to build right. for myself, which is a terrible thing to say out loud and no. it sounds incredibly yeah, cheesy and horrible and it's, narcissistic, but it's, it really is just, I, I'm trying to make sure that whatever I'm doing, people uh, actually want to pay attention to. Now, um, how many, how many followers have you gained? Do you think in the last two years? Like cause on, when I, on Twitter? Or? Yeah, because when I met you, uh, it seemed like it was Crown Room's kind of opening time, and you were promoting Massive. Yeah, that was that was uh, and, and four and a half years ago. And so at that point, it seemed like your your numbers were probably kind of skyrocketing. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, as I became more involved in Twitter and more involved in campaigns nationally with you know larger products and brands, you know, much much larger than myself. Again, this sounds incredibly horrible to talk about and very narcissistic, but as I became involved with things that were much bigger than myself and started retweeting me and the things I was saying, I, I you know, gained new followers, okay. you know, definitely have lost many of those by saying offensive and obnoxious things when I'm drunk in the club on a Friday night, um, <laughs> as I am known to do, but, um, I've done a pretty decent job of keeping a good amount of people, but, um, you know, I, I think I've built, uh, little brands and built little communities within the larger community of, of Lee Feldman 3's Twitter. Yeah. Um, you know, things like the lot of mercy where I send out photos, um, you know, job opportunities, a mid afternoon mixtape. Right. I, things I, of that nature. I've seen that. And then, um, you know, the hashtags again, you're talking about building. Yeah. You know, and the captions on. Yeah. Captions it, on, the caption contest. on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That's been. Uh, so what I was getting at is that it seems like um, involving the community in these shows, oh, you're, yeah. you're giving them opportunities to get in for free. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're linking to videos and media that can help them not just see the name, but become familiar with the artist. And in turn, what I've noticed is there have been lines at a lot of these clubs. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been very fortunate that people have wanted to attend the shows we've been putting on. Yeah. So I'm, uh, that's part of the reason why I had you on is because I know oh, a lot thanks. of promoters, and I know a lot of promoters that are successful, and I know a lot of promoters that are less than successful, <laughs> you know. And um, most of the ones that I know um, haven't grasped the uh, the technical age like you have. The importance of, of digital media. Yeah, they yeah. might maybe Social throw media. up a Facebook page, mm-hmm. and then everything is flyers on telephone poles. Absolutely. I, I think what you were going back to on the political scientists part and community building is is what are you offering that's either an incentive for people to be part of your community or it's 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 exclu- uh, exclusive to that community and that community alone and and those are usually the things that people want to see um as far as being willing to follow you i think there's a lot of other stuff that you can track and gauge to keep track of people um the things a lot of people in sort of digital media talk about are what's called fry numbers which i talk about all the time which stands for frequency reach yield and engagement and those are the biggest things that people track, the frequency, the number of times a consumer interacts with your page, with your timeline, you know, your store, uh, the reach, how far your reach extends to the consumers, how many new consumers are you bringing in each week, what is the cost for those new consumers, the yield, the actual dollar amount return, your, your ROI, and then the engagement, what are people saying, either positive or negative. And it's really tracking those things to build larger campaigns, whether it's events or, you know, community building or just, you know, pub, uh, publicizing and promoting an event just to see what people are into. Right. Okay. I mean, you know, it, it is research and development right there. So now with all this information and these statistics and things that you're looking at, um, let's give people kind of more of a uh, an opening to Portland. Okay. Because uh, we've been talking about how this is a Portland podcast and you're a promoter in Portland. Um, what, what new clubs 
that are out there that are opening that are just kind of getting their their gears grinding. Um, uh, do you see uh, working in, in in new ways and are and are, are going to be big things coming up? Uh, similar, like what's the next crown room to you? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'd like to see more people going to Saucebox. I think Saucebox creates an atmosphere that's pretty unrivaled. Um, it's the one place in town that I step into and I feel like I'm not in Portland. I feel like I'm in New York, Miami, London, you know, LA, just the atmosphere and ambiance that they create just can't be matched. And is that just within the bar itself or in that little side room they have? The bar and restaurant mostly. Um, the annex is nice. I mean, it's white. You can do pretty much whatever you want to sort of recreate that space. But that's um, a little less of a of an ambiance than yeah. what you're talking about. Is but yeah, the main bar and the restaurant. So and what's an occupancy of uh, the sauce box? It's, it's actually 375 people. Inside the bar side. Yeah, bar side, restaurant side, and the mezzanine. So mm-hmm. I really like sauce box. I'm excited to see this Jones retro place that opens. Okay. Um, it's owned by the woman that owns the boiler room. Um, and it's in the old McFadden space, which has been notorious for having problems to get people to attend. Right. But um, I think, you know, with what she's doing, it can sort of create a new atmosphere. It was notorious because um, in the early 2000s, it was notorious for having underage people in yes, there. Yes, yes. So they had a lot of problems because they could fill their place up, but they were all 17. Yeah, but I, I mean, I think there's certain things that are created by certain people in the city that are embraced by certain subcultures. I mean, mm. if you look at Digapony, it was, you know, created by people, you know, that Alto and Holocene and Someday Lounge and, you know, it was just going to take off regardless. It was right. created by people that were really popular in the, the scene. Now, Holocene has gone through a lot of changes. I actually went there for the first time about oh. a month ago. Um, I liked it. Yeah. I like that space. It's interesting. Yeah, I, they're doing a lot to sort of change it every yeah. few months. Yeah, that's cool. New installations, new art, new sound, new DJ booth, you know. Uh, knocking literally a hole in the wall to right. sort of combine two rooms to together. Com- right, which is a technique we utilized at the refuge. Yeah, during, absolutely. During the time that I was there, which definitely helped open up that space. It's definitely more of a warehousey feel yeah. than a lot of the spaces that you, we've mentioned. But uh, that was a uh, thing we did, and I think it was successful. I think uh, when you look at a space, when you feel a space, and you think about how people are interacting with that space, you can uh, begin to... Uh, see changes you can make, and a lot of them are simple. Yeah. You know, breaking a hole in the wall to make two rooms separate become one. Um, people can see the show. They can hear the show. They feel like they're at the show. People spread out. You get more people at the show. It's it's a win-win. So Absolutely. Um, outside of that, is there any um, anything else that's been uh, newly added to Portland that you're excited about that is uh, good for the entertainment or music side? Uh, well, I was really excited about the opening of the Pea Palace. That was going to be, you know, part voodoo donuts, but all things pee. Yeah. You know, pulled pork sandwiches, pool, ping pong, putt putt. Pinball. Yeah, pinball. Um, but it sounds like that is just not going to be happening at all. Uh, my insider information, and I would love to have Trace as a uh, guest on the show, and we're working on that. I have some mutual friends nice. and whatnot, and I work, obviously, at the Shanghai Tunnel on the same block. As Way to go, name dropper. Yeah, just putting <laughs> that out there. But no, um, I, I've heard that that project, yeah, has been canceled. Yeah, it's a shame. And I think that's something that really could have changed the landscape of Portland Nightlife. Yeah, and I, I, I do like that, too, because it's... Uh, I, I think drinking was going to be allowed there, but I I like the idea of opening up just sitting in a bar drinking. You know, let's get outside of that. Um, Absolutely. You know, that's why I like going to Timbers games. Mm-hmm. That's one of my pastimes. You get, I mean, you're still just standing in seats drinking, but you're watching, you're engaging, you're singing. Um, there's a lot going on, and you're not just watching an NBA playoff game where the Blazers are not in. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> little shout out. I do love the Blazers, though. Man. Nice. That was a sad. Um, yeah. So you being from all these different cities, what what allegiances do you have? Are you are you a Broncos fan? No, no. Uh, I, g- I grew up as a Cleveland Browns fan because my father's from Cleveland. Okay. But uh, they're terrible. So, uh, you know, for a while I liked the Seahawks. I was a big Steve Largent fan as a child. Me too. Um, Huge Steve Largent fan. But no, I, I no real allegiance. You know, obviously I, I root for the Blazers. I root for the Timbers. Um, but in most sports, you know, it's really just want to see a good game. Do, are, are you in realization that our uh, Portland Winterhawks team are in the actual WHL finals? Are they? I was not aware. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's actually entering game four here at Portland. Are um, we up? Uh, we are up two games to one. Nice. And uh, <laughs> we're going for game four here in Portland on Tuesday. And then we will either win it in Edmonton or win it back here. Wow. I hope we can, you know. Bring home that <laughs> yeah. that cup. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't know the name of it. So let's, let's close it on out for the yeah, let's, cup. Let, let's bring that thing home. Yep. And then like the Schmitzendial Cup? You're like, yeah, I'm all about the Schmitzendial Cup. No, I, I really don't know much about the Winterhawks. I think the last time I went to a game was in middle school. They gave away free tickets for, you know, kids that had gotten, you know, above a 2.5 GPA. That is and a so struggle, we went, man. And uh, it turned out to be the game that had the most fights of the season, which was awesome. <laughs> and I had never been. And I remember my friend Luke telling me, hockey games are awesome. They just fight. And, and uh, we went, you know, we sat in the very top nosebleed sections. And all I remember is it was so cold. It took us on like a spring day and it was really hot out in Portland. And then we got there and we were all in like shorts and T-shirts and all the kids were freezing. <laughs> so it was so cold. Was inside. that uh, at the old Memorial Coliseum? It was. It was. Okay. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. It's a little warmer at the uh, the Rose Garden. Oh, nice. Okay, they, they good. Can, they can control the temple a little better up in there. Nice. But, um, yeah, so we have that going for us sports-wise. All right. Um, you mentioned Steve Largent. Um, yeah. I grew up as a Seahawks fan up nice. in Seattle. Um Coach Mike Holmgren <laughs> took yep. us took us to the uh, Super Bowl, and uh, he now runs the Cleveland Browns. Yes, he as does. President, so there's that's right. There's the connection. Next question. <laughs> no um, segue. I know exactly. That's that. That was actually was going to be my catchphrase. Oh, segue. Well, n- no uh, next question. Oh, nice. When whenever I get a question right. When someone just spontaneously like, hey, which way is the bus? I'll be like, that way. Next question. <laughs> I like it. It's uh, it's it's catching on all over the place. Trademark that immediately. I, I will. I will. It's going to be on loop on this podcast, I'm sure. Um, So I'm looking up here. Let's see what we got going for time-wise. We can probably move on to w- one more subject, I bet, before okay. uh, we cut this. Cause this is an official 30-minute podcast. Oh, okay. Yeah, we ain't trying to like... You know, go 28 minutes or, or 37 minutes. No, it's 30 minutes of love Okay. for Portland, in Portland, by Should Portland. I ask you questions then? That way you can stop talking on the exact 30-minute dot? Uh, well, <laughs> that would be complicated because it's divided this out by uh, seconds. Oh. So I would have to do some crazy math that would be... Uh, I'm Jewish. I'm here. Highly complicated. Hit, hit okay. me with the crazy math. Uh, in in your mind, an estimate six hundred and ninety five seconds would be how many minutes? Well, Go. it'd be six ninety five divided by sixty. Carry the four plus three equals you owe me twenty dollars and three percent interest. Eleven minutes? No, that wouldn't make sense. If we were only talking for eleven minutes, that would seem like not very long. <laughs> it would seem about the length of eleven minutes. Yeah, it would seem like it seemed like we we would have gone through. Way too much information for that. So I'm going to look over here and say that could very well be true. No, because no, that's not true because we were there at 35. 
All right. So enough about the clock. That's that's what early podcasts do. Is you uh, you get a little bit of the behind the scenes of the recording. Nice. So um, I guess uh, I'm gonna end with um, a couple questions about. Um, Give me know, the flash round. The flat. Oh, I am gonna do questions. So okay. I, I could I could spurn I could spurnly try to think of. Uh, let me. Okay. Here we go. This is <laughs> this is questions with Mikkel. Um, these questions are about Portland. Okay. Um, if you get one right, you get another question. <laughs> if you get that one right, you get a third question. And if you get that right, you get the final, which is called the super bonus question. Okay. Are you ready? I uh, hope so. What happens if I get them wrong? You uh, didn't really give me that option. Oh, if you get them wrong, then it just ends. Oh, okay. And then what what happens is over time, I'm going to ask questions of all my guests, and the people that did the best are going to feel the best. <laughs> and maybe at the end of the year, I'll give them like a trophy or something. Okay, I like you it. Know, yeah. So uh, first question, we'll we'll make this one. Uh, we're going to go up in scale of of difficulty. Okay, good. So, um, what is the proper pronunciation of the river that runs through downtown Portland? Which river? Uh, the main river. Which one? Uh, the one that runs. <laughs> this is me trying to get you to say the word of the river. Between it's between the east. <laughs> so that you'd be like, how do you pronounce the Willamette? There you go, okay. Willamette. Ding 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 ding. Not to be confused with Willamette or. I have heard Willamette before. Willamette, yeah. The one I used to hear a crazy pronunciation for was Kalamath Falls, but it would always be like Kalamahavahamatha. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm sorry, what? I think that's another falls in Israel, maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Might be confusing him with that. Okay, so that was good. You got that one right. Okay, so um, starting with the Burnside, which is basically giving it away that that is one. Bridge. And moving south, bridge, and moving south to Powell Boulevard. Oh, wow. Okay. How many bridges are there, including Powell Boulevard and including Burnside? Well, there's Burnside. There's the Morrison. There is the Hawthorne, and then there's the McAdam Bridge, and then Powell. Bam, which is also called, uh, to get the question what right. What is the Powell called? Yeah, what bri- what was 99? that? 99? No, what is the name of the bridge that crosses at Powell? Ooh, I don't know if I know. Oh, the Ross Island Bridge? Bam, okay, yeah. I'll give you that one, I'll give you that one. So the answer is five, and those were the five, so he named them. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> so that's bonus what. points. Yeah, no, you do, you do. You, so <laughs> Not only did I give a number, I gave the names. Bring it, next guest. I know, they won't. They won't bring it like that. It that cannot was, be brought in. That had been brought in, in that sense. Um, between uh, Mount Tabor and uh, downtown Portland. <laughs> yeah. There are several iconic theaters. Can, oh. you, can you name two iconic theaters in South Portland, starting from 60th Avenue, heading west to downtown Portland? Heading west? Well, I mean, there's the Hollywood and there's the Laurelhurst. All right, that's two. I mean, there's... Uh, okay, all right. <laughs> can I also say Lloyd Center? <laughs> that one is... Because <laughs> that's iconic to me. <laughs> Lloyd Center Mall and Lloyd Center Center. <laughs> Should have gone with that. <laughs> that wouldn't have been debatable. I like the other two. Those are those are more iconic in my mind. Okay, so you are now at bonus question oh. one. So you get bonus question one, and then you get the final and and fourth uh, oh, super wow. super bonus question. This is this is the segment that I actually wrote. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I completely prepared for this. So um, I would like you at this point to name, and this can be formerly. This can be sorry. This can be previous or current. Okay. Name three. Breweries in Portland. Uh, Widmer. Okay. <laughs> Henry's. Okay. 
I mean, can I go homebrews? Can I go? I mean, there's like hundreds captured by porches. Are you gonna count that, McTarnahans? I'll take I'll take McTarnahans. Okay. <laughs> What's captured by porches? What? That's a great local homebrew. Wow, I'm gonna they they bike around to a lot of uh, house party shows and sell beer out of the back of their bike trailer. Wow. Okay. Captured by porches. I actually was at the Steinhardt's homebrew uh, tasting seminar yesterday. Um, it was great. There were 43 homebrewies that had attended. Okay. So there are a lot in Portland. I I'd heard of like three of them, you know, but uh, there were ton of people that do homebrews that brought uh their batches for people to taste all right that and was great for the super bonus question oh okay final and super bonus mm-hmm. is i should have said mirror pond too uh that's deschutes though oh it is deschutes which is bend but oh. i know i'm wearing oh you shirt. said portland only sorry yeah you, did. See? you, you <laughs> answered it right I, good so thing i didn't say exactly I, I don't even know if trebek would count that i think he would give you the wrong answer he'd say point. no he'd he'd say he'd Shake his mustache at me. It's true. He did, he doesn't even wear it anymore. He just holds he doesn't? it up. He oh. doesn't? Maybe he does. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, it was funny in the SNL bits with the mustache, though. So, uh, The final question is, who is the greatest blazer of them all? Well, Clyde Drexler is one of them. But the greatest blazer of all? I have to say my man Buck Williams. Okay. Um, that so dude could hold Carl Malone down. Pause. I'm sorry. That was a great answer, Sir Lee Feldman. The answer was Sabonis. No, Sabonis. what? It's too bad. Him I'm sorry. Drunk, we appreciate his you His drunk for driving wife? Thank no you for way. playing his questions. His wife drunk drove. You got drove, three out of four drunk right. through a <laughs> school zone. Three out of he four. He cannot be the greatest blazer. You, you definitely have... Absolutely not. Jerome Kersey is a better blazer than Sabonis. Terry Porter's Maurice Lucas. We appreciate Bill Walton. How about Bill Walton? Bill Walton won a championship. Are we going to keep doing this until it cuts off? Okay. (laughs) We just keep arguing about blazers. I'm just saying, we do appreciate your time here at Portland. Sabonis. What kind of podcast is this? Uh, Sabonis. You really, you gave it a try. He's not even an American. He's not even American. You made a good thing. Kevin Duckworth. Come on, man. Rest in peace, Duck. Lee Feldman 3. Thank on you. Twitter. Thank you, Mikel. This has been great. I appreciated <laughs> it. Thanks, buddy. I don't know about Sabonis, though. <laughs> he wins.